Hello and welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360. Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. And please rate and review our show. I'm your host, Wim Lou. And in studio, joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. Time tonight at the arena for the Raptors, for the Toronto Raptors, who were very shorthanded, losing by a score of 112 to 98 against the Brooklyn Nets, who played quite well. Um, but uh, yeah, Alex, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Happy Thursday. <laughs> made, it, made it back to the studio on time <laughs> yeah, made for, it back. for tip-off. Had to run for a quick washroom break at 159. No hands washed. No, nah, come on, man. Hands are still wet. That's mm. how I rush back. Anyways, yeah, 112, 98. You know, Raptors were missing a lot of guys yesterday. We, we went to the arena, found out right before the game that Fred was out with a non-COVID illness. Yeah. And, you know, Scotty was ruled out. Obviously, we know Pascal is, is still out, and they're missing a lot of other guys, too. Like, you look at the bench, Otto Porter's sitting there. Mm-hmm. Precious. He, he's in a walking boot. Delano, Justin yeah. Champagny. Like, it's a long list. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a tough time for the Raptors right now. Hopefully, um, they're able to get through this patch and, and be healthier the rest of the season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you knew they were in tough, and, and, and that was before we knew that Fred was going to be ruled out. It, it really does suck for him that... He's essentially been dealing with this virus now for for two weeks. You know, he was able to play a little bit, and then now he's sick again. Like, it's it's just really unfortunate. You just hope everything's okay um, for him personally. Uh, He was the only member of the Raptors who wasn't actually with the team yesterday, which makes sense. If you're sick, go home, right? Um, But it's not just him. A lot of other guys sound, you know, kind of, I don't know. They just don't sound super great. Like, I thought Nick, for example, post-game, just hearing him speak, you know, he sounds... Uh, quite rough, let's just say that. Mm. And, you know, the performance that they were going to give last night um, really had to come down to how much effort they were going to bring and how much team basketball they were going to be able to play because, you know, when, you're, when your leading options are OG and Gary offensively and Malachi, um, you know, you're going to have inconsistency. None of those guys are players who score efficiently when, when they sort of initiate the offense themselves. Um, so what you're going to need to do is at least be good defensively. And I thought the Raptors were good defensively in the second quarter. Outside of that, the Nets kind of picked the Raptors apart. And when you think about the overall strategy of limiting KD, you know, Nick said pregame, like, you guys probably know what I'm going to do. You know, KD probably knew what he was going to do. And, and <laughs> Nick KD Nurse was like, you know who I am. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm Nick Nurse. <laughs> you're familiar with my game. Okay, I'm going to triple team the star player. Yeah. Um, and KD was held to 12 points and only 10 shots and had four turnovers. However, um, you know, the Nets were able to move the ball really well, and they also hit a bunch of threes. And that was probably another game where if you're coming into it, you probably say, well, if the Nets shoot like 20% from three, the Raptors probably have a chance. But, you know, clearly they were able to make their shots last night. And, uh, yeah, you, again, you just hope to get healthier because there's no big takeaways from their performance that are all that relevant because of the state of the team right now. Like, you're missing half the squad. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's hard to have too many takeaways, assessments right now because guys are just playing roles that they probably wouldn't be playing if it was a full roster. And, you know, Nick Nurse was asked pregame too if, like, if, if there's any part of them that, like, embraces this as a, as a challenge because there's so many guys out and he's got the reputation of, you know, uh, what, do, what do they call him? Like a mad scientist type. Like mm. he likes to mix things up. And, and Nick's like, no, man, I'm straight up not having fun right now. No, Nick- Like he's like, no, like he's like, I understand the question, 
But this no, Nikki like, Nurse, baby. He's like, this sucks. He's like, I've been dealing with this for like three weeks of like just not having half of my roster. And there's yeah. like nothing that he's like, there's nothing challenging about it or nothing fun about it for him. You know, I, I thought it was a fair question. No, um, definitely. From the reporter, but definitely. as... As as that person said it and, and asked the question, Nick literally rolled his eyes. <laughs> this is a very sassy kind of response. But I get it, though, because he was detailing, like, look, my, my usual days as a coach would be, like, you know, we're going to have this meeting. We're going to, you know, go through this film session or we're going to come together and, and, and discuss, like, the scout for the opposing team and sort of what's going on here and there. And, you know, typical coaching stuff of late. His days are just, like following up with this guy on his MRI, following this guy with his health status, you know, is, are you going to be okay? Are you going to be okay? And it's just like, he's got to get status updates from like seven different guys at the moment. But listen, that that's no excuse to, to not be more cohesive defensively, especially coming off of a, a number of days of rest, three straight days of the rest, uh, two practices for the Raptors. Um, you would have hoped to see more cohesion on the defensive end. And I thought the Raptors just were picked apart. Uh, at times, you know, I think that when, when Nick was asked about how his team performed after the game, you know, he, he really he didn't want to hammer the team because obviously no one should based on the, what happened last night in terms of the players available. But at the same time, you could tell he's pretty disappointed with the fact that the defensive execution wasn't there. And even things like floor balance, like the Raptors would take a lot of bad shots or they got blocked a ton. You know, that's something that really stood out watching the film or even watching the game. The Nets had 11 blocks last night. That's mm. really, really high like that's like double their, their their team average on a nightly basis um but uh yeah you know like when when you get blocked like that there's a lot of opportunities it's almost like a turnover where you know they're able to go the other way and push and that's that's kind of what happens so you know you, you would have hoped to see even though the raptors are shorthanded you would have liked to see essentially what the raptors did in the second quarter which they were able to come together defensively a couple guys were able to deliver enough half-court offense to sort of keep the scoring running um, but most importantly, your defense keeps you in the game. And I just thought that the first and third quarter, the Raptors were just woeful defensively. Yeah, you know, the game peaked after Malachi hit the first two uh, jumpers. And Jacques Vaughn was like, oh, we might be in trouble and called a timeout. But that's good coaching on the Nets, though, right? Because you know what the Nets, right? Obviously, the, you know, they see the team sheet that's available for the Raptors. And, you know, the number one thing Jacques Vaughn is saying is they're going to try to get on transition. They're trying to get on the glass, right? And you notice the reason he called for that timeout is because the Raptors gave up two off, or, or got two offensive rebounds on that same play where they were able to kick it out to Malachi for the three. And, you know, for Jacques, I'm sure he was just trying to um, remind the team or at least, like, be very firm and stern in the idea that, like, the only way we lose this game is if we're not focused. And if you give up all those rebounds early on, even with the size advantage, because I thought the Nets had a bigger lineup last night when you look at Claxton, KD, and, and Simmons in the front court, all three guys are 6'10 and above and all fairly athletic. So they shouldn't be doing that. And, and he got his team focused. Whereas I thought the Raptors, when they would call timeouts, some of their players wouldn't respond well. Like, I thought in the third quarter where the Raptors came out flat, like they usually do at the start of the third quarter, especially at, you know, in front of like 10 fans at the Scotiabank Arena. Um, <laughs> Fan you know, complaint coming soon. Oh, brother. No, the crowd's getting called I'm not going to lie to you, man. The, the crowd was not it. And, and I'm not trying to say like, hey, you know, I need the crowd to be like super hype in the fourth quarter when the Raptors are getting blown out. What I'm saying is when the shorthanded Raptors are giving me this great run in the second quarter and they're, they're taking the lead against Brooklyn or, or, or OGs dunking on KD's head, that mm. there's, there's more than like a, a polite golf clap yeah, because are are they playing at the Toronto Scotia? Are they playing at Scotia Bank Arena? Or are they playing at the Toronto Public Library? Oh God, uh, shout out to library! They're literally at the reference library right now. But I think this is the one thing. It's really easy, and I think we all say this too, to to talk about like coming out of the coming out of halftime. You know, the the fans, especially 
in the lower level court side, like you can see it always. It's half empty, right? Like like they've gone for halftime. Mm-hmm. And like that's the part where like sometimes the home crowd doesn't get a lot of energy. But I think just overall, the crowds now, like like yesterday was a type of game when your team is shorthanded. Yeah. I'm not saying the crowd can swing a game, okay? Like obviously it's decided on the court. But like you said, when they were going on the runs, you know, when when they were playing um, you know, this close game against the Nets with with like half their roster, like you just never felt like they got a push mm. from the crowd. And it wasn't just it's not just yesterday. I think it's been noticeable just in general that like it's not it's not the same like raucous, like really like crazy type of environment now. Yeah. Well, I mean games. Look, here's here's an example we're kind of talking about, right? Um there were two instances last night where the officials ruled out an N one for the Raptors and called it in favor of the Nets, right? Mm. Well, whatever you think of the calls. That's that should be for for a good arena in that moment. There should be a huge refuse suck chant. There should mm. be huge, at least booze coming down yeah. the refs. You barely heard any of that. Yeah, or you know even I mean? the defense, like, or even the defense chants. You know, when 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 the team was making a run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just. And again, we're talking about the second quarter when it was very competitive. Not yes. a, we're not talking about like make a huge no, you know no, no. like chant when you're when you're in the third quarter and you're down. Yeah. I get that. I like, it's depressing mm-hmm. watching that sometimes when the Raptors probably got blocked in the third quarter like four, five or six times alone. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's hard to cheer for, but I, I do think that yeah, the participation wasn't the greatest. But my point was, that, like the start of the third quarter, uh, the Raptors were were, were down and um, they gave up the lead, and the Nets were able to push up to eleven. So Nick called a quick early timeout. Uh, coming out of that timeout, the Nets decided to be further aggressive, applied full court pressure, and Gary Trent Jr. was trying to bring it up against Ben Simmons and got it stolen, and the Nets were able to go the other way for a dunk. That's not the type of response you want to see after a timeout, mm. whereas the Nets were able to really recruit after timeouts. So, again, you got to give Jacques Vaughn his, his credit. Uh, he, he, he really did a good job coaching last Yes, shouts to Jacques Vaughn. You know, he, was, he, was, he was delightful to, to listen to pregame as well. And, you know, oh, the, saw that. The, Nets, the Nets were coming off a loss in Philly where they had lost to uh, Sixers team without Joel Embiid, James Harden, and Tyrese Max. He was asked about that. And had a great reference. He said, you know, we weren't, they weren't playing with a full deck of cards. Meanwhile, we had a full boat, but it didn't look like aces over kings out there. So just, mm. just for you as a poker enthusiast, thought you'd appreciate that. Yeah. Um, the Raptors were playing with a 5-7 and, and, and flopped the straight. <laughs> Shout out to Ennis. What he, call, what he called the timeout after Malachi hit the two jumper. He's like, you're losing a 4-5 suited out there right now. I guys. mean, oh. sometimes that happens, though. Um, uh, anyways, yeah. let's let's find some let's find some positive things. Okay. I feel like after a loss, we always come in and just like you know. Oh, we we did you know complain about everything that happened with the game last night, including the fans, which I also understand. People, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Know, I'm we just. Get it. We I'm get just it. saying that you know Toronto Scotiabank Arena crowds being held to a very high reputation, like around the league. Like even when the GM survey came out, mm. they picked them as as the best crowd. I don't think I don't think they deserve that title right now. Yeah. yeah, and again, we're not saying that it's got to be like game one of the NBA Finals level. No. Like, you know, they're singing, oh, Canada, and, and it's like you, the, the hairs on the back of your neck are being raised. That's how much the atmosphere was mm. like that oh, night. Oh, man. But remember like, that night? Damn. Yeah, that was tough. P- remember people getting to their seats at the start of the game or being in their seats at the start of the third quarter? God. I'm just saying. It's, it's fine. It's not, it's, not, it's not all just like, oh, rich people are buying food at halftime. It's also like if you're trying to use the bathroom at halftime, it might take you like 20 minutes. Yeah, it's just the overall halftime. environment. So it's, it's, not, it's not just the fans' fault. Like I think some of it has to do with the efficiency. I don't care if it's a mid-crowd. We just got to stop, stop promoting it as like one of the you know toughest arenas to play in the league. No, I mean, you know. I'm not feeling I, I, that Remember right at now. the start of last – remember in the fourth uh, – in game three or four of the playoffs last year? 
Well, remember we had to go with the five rules of being a fan? <laughs> Bank yeah, Arena? Was, number one, put on a, your T-shirt. Number two, be in your seats. Number show. three, cheer. Yeah, it was a low point. I just want to feel that environment. Yeah. I'm looking at Sacramento now, but I think it's, it's part of it too. Is That's like, why we got to light the scene entire, man. I'm no, telling you. The part of it is, I think too, like the team's had so much success now. There's, oh, we're there's, spoiled? A little bit, I think. I mean, also when you have success, you raise the prices. Yeah, I mean, that's and fair. Then, I, I know that's a part of it. I just think it's the overall environment, too. Like, I just don't want to be blaming just the people, like, no, I, I don't in the 100s the I'm, I'm not blaming the people in the 100s or the 300s. It's it's actually kind of the same all throughout the building. But Yeah. Um, Anyways. Yeah. What are, what are some positives? Uh, Thad Young. Thad Young, baby. Yeah, Thad Young's always a positive. I feel like we're not... Okay, obviously, like, the, the games right now are, are, are a little bit tough, and, you know... I don't think people are necessarily rooting for Thad in the same way that they might fervently root for Pascal or Fred or OG or Scotty, right? These guys who are, you know, younger and in their primes and people kind of like can see potential. Like people aren't looking at Thad and saying like, ooh, what could Thad turn into? Obviously, right? Because he's, he's in year 16. But there has to be some sort of appreciation for what he's doing out there. He doesn't take a single bad shot. Mm. He's always able to at least do something with the ball when the play breaks down. And he's the shots that he are missing are like wide open corner threes, which you know he's taking them within the rhythm of the offense. You have no issues with that. Uh, and then like shots at the basket, but he's able to consistently go down there, make plays. I mean, they're like high low passes, picking out Chris. Chris unfortunately had a tough game last night, but you know I think him and um, Thad have a good connection. They really know Chris knows when to cut, and Thad knows how to find them, which is a really nice thing. Usually they're pretty efficient on those plays, and and then yeah, you, you even saw Thad like make an alley oop. To beat the buzzer oh, yesterday. Yeah, at the end of the third quarter, fought for his life. How many year sixteen players are making alley oops? Shouts at that man. Yeah, played so, in his uh, played in his what one thousand one hundredth game. Yeah, I already yeah, made sure this comparison, but uh, the the James Milner of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, the comparison is he might not give you a ten out of ten performance, but he's mm-hmm. every single game he's going to be between like seven and eight. There's a consistency factor to that. Like again, like you know, a lot of players on this team, their their success and their especially their efficiency scoring wise is dependent on their players, right? We see when Pascal's on the floor how much life is easier for Gary. We see when Pascal's mm. on the floor how much life is easier for Scotty, right? You know, like you, you know when Fred's on the floor, obviously being the point guard, he's he's able to sort of set plays up and 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 be aggressive and and give the team some sort of direction on the offensive end. There's a lot of players who really depend on other players, you know, to cook, right? There's players who eat and there's players who cook and then there's Ooh. players who cook and eat, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. Okay. It's like season two of The Bear right now. No, no, it's that, that's like a, that's like a pack yes, of... Yes, Jeff, yesterday, every time <laughs> Dow Jr. did something. Deep cut. Anyway, so there's players who cook, there's players who eat, and Thad Young's consistent, bro. He's like a pack of ramen, man. Anytime you need it, it's right there. No, nah, we say we saying Fred is rice and Thad is, Thad Thad is, is ramen. ramen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because every, okay. every, every Asian people know this. Like, whenever you're in a dire spot, you're going to bring mm. some ramen with you because that's, like, sustenance. Mm. And, and that's, like, I, I think for Thad, it's, like, it doesn't, he doesn't depend on other guys to, to be successful, and he amplifies other people around him. Yeah, you know, I was so, thinking, uh, I think, like, when the, the, when the Raptors, if the Raptors ever get fully healthy, yeah. Thad, and I would throw Otto Porter in there, too, because we've already seen Nick use Otto in, in closing lineups. Like, I can see Thad just being a staple in the fourth quarter of games. Yeah, I agree. And it'll be interesting just to see, like, who will that be at the expense of, right? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I could even see Thad. Like, I don't think, like, when they're fully healthy, I don't think Nick is sending any of the starting five to the bench. Maybe he will. But I can see Thad being a really good starter for this team, too. Am I aiming too high? Mm, I think at a certain point, 
you don't want to rely on someone that much. Okay. I don't think you should ask that much out of that. Can he perform in a starting role? I think the answer is yes. Right? I'm We've almost, seen it right now. Yeah, I'm almost right? like, is, is the starting lineup better with a guy who, like, isn't looking, doesn't need his shots, right? Yeah, Like, yeah. he's out there doing all the connect four things. And he's finishing efficiently around yeah. the basket. Which, like, I think, yeah. when the Coloco was starting, obviously, he was bringing the shot, uh, the rim protection, which, obviously, Thad's not doing. Right. But at the same time, you know, like, he's also wasting a lot of chances around the basket because he's not strong enough to finish right now or doesn't have the technique to finish right now. Um there is a case to be made, I think for sure, but it, it's it's you know it's kind of similar to Liverpool having to start James Milner every game. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, how good of a team are you really when you when you have to turn to these kind of options all the time? But no, I, I think like the the number one thing for me with that is just like one of the things. Another thing with, with players is like sometimes they only perform well when they start versus when they come off the bench. Mm-hmm. I thought Norm, for example, Norm Powell, who used to be on the Raptors was a great example of this. Norm, every time he started, was like 20 points a game for you. And then when he came off the bench, it was like 12, and Nick would slander him postgame. Mm. You know, like, and some players just don't play well in their own sort of like self-generated context. Whereas with that, you know he can perform with you whatever role you give him. Like the fact that, like, can I, if I asked you this, can you remember one game where you were like, damn, Thad's really not having it tonight? No. He, he doesn't really have it Only tonight. the ones when he got DMP'd. Right? Yeah. So every single game he's played, he's been playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a level of professionalism that comes with that, and I think honestly, a lot of the players on this team can learn from him for sure, man. And I, I think at the start of the season too, when we we're talking about how the rotation was going to pan out, we had that. You know, we knew that was going to play, but we weren't sure like what the role was going to be, right? Like maybe like yeah. 10, 15 minutes a game, maybe a little bit more. I definitely think now he's played himself into a much more important role on this team for this season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But then again, you do have a logjam, right? Like, you do have Otto coming back, and mm. you have Precious coming back. And, you know, I think Nick likes what Coloco's been doing for him this season. And I think the, the Coloco piece is probably what pushed that out of the rotation. The start was Nick wanted to give a look to Coloco to see what he would look like yeah. with the group. And I think there's been a lot of really high highs. That Chicago game really comes to mind. Oh, he blocked right. seven shots. But then there's also been lots of plays where you're like, why can't he make a layup? Yeah, what are you making of Coloco right now? Because... Oh, a lot of buzz, start of the season, made it to the rotation, mm-hmm. starting lineup. Seems to have slowed down a little bit now. Do you think Do you think when the team gets healthier, it could be a case where he will head down to 905? Uh, or do maybe. you think he's still going to stick with this? Well, stick right with now, have a, I'm having a hard time imagining the Raptors getting healthy. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just, uh, like, to be, to be frank, it's just been difficult. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think it could benefit him. I think he probably needs to get more reps down there in terms of just like finishing in traffic, um, you know, being more of a focal point. I think he's been working on his three point shot as well. You see it occasionally where he'll take one from the corner. So here and there, like I think there's probably a chance for him to take some of those, but more importantly, it's just like play consistently, like play 35 minutes and see if you can get through it without committing six fouls. You know, mm-hmm. even those kind of experiences, I think he can kind of use. Um, and that's where you now discover that Thad can be a pretty effective center for you. Like if, if I'm looking at the Raptors bench rotation, Right when 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 in this wonderful glorious world where the Raptors are able to be fully healthy again, the the bench rotation when you have Thad coming off that bench with Chris with Wancho, um, you know, I guess Delano or Malachi. I mean, it, and you still run into some issues, but at the same time, I I like the fact that Thad has been able to connect with Chris with Wancho. Like those guys have chemistry, and then you know Otto is just super solid that you can put into most groups and not have to worry about him um, outside of injuries. So I actually don't mind that. I think those guys all can complement the starters quite well, which is ultimately what your bench is there to do, is to, to try to, like, spell your starters. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm optimistic when everyone's able to come back together. But obviously, right now, we're so far from that. Like, the Raptors were without their three main playmakers last night. That's like playing the Nets without KD, Kyrie, and Utah Watanabe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who I just Ky- have to sneak it in there. Who Kyrie said, who Ky- Kyrie called the best shooter mm. in the league. It's good to know, you know, Kyrie, you know, finally answered something with uh, with facts. I was going to say, I've, I've, I've always said stats. that I've agreed with Kyrie. No, I'm When the worst person in the world makes a good point. Um, no. We didn't even get to our Utah point, man. Oh, I'm saving that for segment oh, two. Oh, you said segment two? Okay, yeah. my bad. You, you know, when you, you said that is ramen, that was a perfect transition, and I passed on it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to let those go, you know? This guy turned down a shot. Because I still want to talk about Jeff Down Jr. No, yes, I think, Jeff. No, I think... <laughs> Deep cut. Um, Shout out to the bear. Season one. Phenomenal television. So, you know, talked about Malachi hitting the first two shots and then mm-hmm. finishing with, with six points. Malachi in that special zone, too, where he gets to play regular minutes and garbage <laughs> garbage minutes. I need a definition for this type of player. I know oh, they were man. shorthanded yesterday. They only had 10 players. Uh-huh. So that played into it as well. But come on. Like, think about it. Thad Young is not playing garbage time. No, no. Like, like when the game the is done, Come right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas Malachi can do both. Like he's get, get he's, you a man who could do both. He's man. part of both sets. Yeah. But I mean, we've been talking about this for like what two years now? Like the backup point guard position. Yeah, because right? because it, it's been unfilled for yeah. two years. And it's, it's it's so funny to me that we have three potential candidates on the roster. Yeah. Malachi, Delano, and I would throw Jeff Down Jr. I honestly. In there too. When you watch Jeff play, it's not like, ooh, he looks a step behind or, ooh, he looks like he's out of place or there's a clear, like, big, mm. obvious flaw with him. He looks pretty solid to me. He's like a champagne to me. Like, are you saying he's any – are you saying there's any sort of difference in how he plays in the level of effectiveness he can get to versus a Delano or Malachi? I would say not really, not appreciably, no. Especially having seen, like, Summer League, for example, where it's, like, some again, the short sample size, you know, Summer League is obviously its own thing, but – like, when you saw in the Summer League setting, I don't think Jeff was any better than, Del- like, wasn't any worse than Delano. Mm-hmm. Like, they were pretty neck and neck in terms of who were the top two players on the team. And when you see Malachi play in the Summer League setting, again, you know, with Delano, they were kind of in the same par. So, I actually think Jeff should get more chances. Um, and he's getting more chances. I feel looks, like he's earning he that solid. trust from Nick. He, he genuinely looks solid. Like, there are a mm-hmm. couple plays where, you know, like, I was watching the film just earlier uh, just going through a couple of clips, and it was just like, okay, he didn't make a pass here or there. But ultimately, I thought he took smart shots, took the right shots. And on a night where Malachi was – what did Malachi shoot last night, man? Malachi was 3 of 12. Yeah, oh, geez. Okay, and one of those in garbage time. Um, so Malachi was 1 of 12 after hitting the first two jumpers. Yes, and that was in garbage time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Minus um, 19 in 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when you compare how he performed versus how Jeff performed, I thought Jeff played much better. Yeah. That's the thing, though. It's like all three of them have like, like strengths, but like <laughs> they're not like complete players. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like no, like no, like Malachi can be that like true hooper type that gets me hyped. Um, shouts a ball and stop. He really does that for like one or two possessions. Yes, but though. no, but and then is, we remember no, those. No, and we're but like, this wow, is what I'm saying. Nice, but then you yes. forget the fact that he's missed like six or seven. No, shots but this is what I'm saying though. All of them are like this. Uh, Delano's got the speed, the athleticism. Yes, but then also you know, comes in flashes. Very so. inconsistent, right? Yeah. And I think Jeff Down is just you know probably the most kind of just like even keel, solid mm-hmm. player. But there's nothing that jumps out at you in terms of his game. Um. Right? No, but I think he might have the least flaws. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I'm I, just saying, there's just three options, and, like, 
nobody's kind of taking those reins right now. Like they're still searching for that backup. Yeah. Point guard. And that's tough. Yeah, it's tough. It is tough. It's, um yeah. anything anything from from Gary, you know, we talked about yesterday, Nick's comments on Gary. He mm-hmm. came back into the lineup, nineteen points on nineteen shots. Yeah. Um, I think he's still getting his legs under under him. Mm-hmm. I think um obviously uh he's been out of the lineup as well. He's also been dealing with the 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 whatever virus or flu that's been going around mm-hmm. the team. Um and yeah, it was just uncharacteristic to see him miss so many jumpers. Um, you know, a lot of those were it, I mean, he, look, some of those were contested looks. Um, but watching back on the film, I actually thought and it, it felt better in terms of like some of those are more in rhythm or at least in the repertoire where I've seen Gary make some of those, you know, like even like, for example, a sidestep three after, you know, getting by the first closeout is not really a good shot in the sense that it's, it's a little hard. You're obviously having to relocate and set your feet again. But how many times have we seen Gary do that? Gary's very good at the up fake, you know, invite the, 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 the aggressive closeout and then, um, you know, sidestepping for the open shot for the three. He does it a lot. He makes it on a regular basis. He did it last night and he barely caught the rim. And it wasn't like he was that contested. So I think he just needs to get his legs under him a little bit. Um, I mean, there's a couple of plays defensively that makes you kind of shake your head. But ultimately, um, Gary's going to be Gary. Like, I didn't actually see any difference in his approach. He got called out. And I was like, hmm, maybe he'll play a little differently. Nope. It was kind of the same as when Precious got called out. That Precious came out and did Precious stuff. And you're like, well, you know, turns out, you know, Nick says something. But he's not going to make magic out of something that's uh, that's not there right now. Yeah. So 9 and 9. They're going to post Dallas on Saturday. Right. Still and no Pascal for that game. Still no Pascal. And then they'll be back on a more regular schedule next week because they have they have this stretch right now. I think they're playing, like, what, three games in, like, a week? Yeah. A week and a half. Well, they're trying to let us watch the World Cup during the during the Raptor show. Yeah. I, I did petition to turn the TV off, and you uh, swatted that away yeah. really quick. There was no need for that. I but... was like, can we please just focus? No, you're very focused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that also helps when there's a game to talk about. You know, there's like fresh yeah. topics. This is like riding a bike to you. Okay. <laughs> this is what you've told people in the office. It is. It is. It, it is. Uh, anyways. Any other topics that we got to get to before we go to break? No, let's take a break. Okay. Utah, Utah Watanabe story arc update. Right. When we come back. Somehow another one. The latest development. Nothing happened. Uh, nothing happened. But anyway, we're going to take that break. I'm your host, Willu. You're listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus. Available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1 866 531 2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in leafsland real kipper and born be sure to subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts welcome back to the raptor show on the sportsnet radio network i'm your host Wim Lou, joined by alex wong co-host producer um okay alex what do we got for the second segment man yeah just a reminder we mentioned yesterday looking for voicemails or emails about uh, favorite gifts that you received and advice for Will as he turns 30. Mm. Wants to know what the 30s are like. Got a lot of great voicemails yesterday. 416-413-4141 again. 416-413-4141. 
or if you want to email me, info at stephenlebron.com. Shouts to Derek. Congratulations to Derek on Yo, Portugal. Congratulations to Derek for Portugal. He's in his Portugal kit. Of course. Man. Probably probably eating something from the Portugal bakery, you know? So, I mean, most likely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, seriously, 3-2 uh, win uh, against Ghana. Um, Nil-no at halftime. Ronaldo puts him ahead. Becomes the first player to score at five World Cups, which is uh, actually, honestly, a hard record to break. See a lot of talk about seven on the TL, man. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about about seven. Um, but you know, <laughs> I love he's, how you he's, guys he's a, to him by his number. He's a divisive <laughs> player, um, especially among United fans. But uh, I think you know, Derek being Portuguese, obviously, he's going to stick with seven. Um, but uh, oh, no, I've heard, I've heard game, a couple. Man. I've heard a couple. Seven he's our uh, ride from, or die from from Derek Brandale. Yeah, so. that's his goat. That's actually his growth talk, man. Okay, is, is Ronaldo? I, I know that. I know he was. This man was doing CU in in, in the uh, in his house before work today. Um, he's doing it right now in the <laughs> studio in the back. Um, but uh, yeah, some pretty good goals. Jao Felix with a really composed finish. All right, uh, something Kyle Laren could probably learn from a little bit there. Um, although very different quality of class. Yeah, there. everything I've learned about and, the World uh, Cup has just been you. Talking soccer to me, yeah. Raphael every day. Liao, Alfonso, you know, you should, uh, I've got like nothing to add. You know Liao? He, he's a he's he's got first Liao, of all, he got, Liao Ming. He got he's, he does kind of have a Chinese name actually. <laughs> Liao is also uh, L I A O is also quite mm. popular Chinese name, but no, uh, this is L E A O, and uh, he had a great finish. But okay. uh, Ghana got a goal. He actually mm. did Ronaldo's cele- uh, signature celebration. Okay, what's the best? What's the best signature celebration in soccer? Is there one? Uh, honestly, like they, Ronaldo's yeah. has is probably the one that's the most iconic. Um, where you know, oh Brazil, oh didn't score there. Okay, um, but he, he's probably got the the one right now where he jumps up in the air and he kind of puts his arm out and they says he says Sue. Okay, okay, and I've seen a lot of kids do that in my neighborhood because you know I live in a Portuguese neighborhood. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that's like the equivalent of like the LeBron, like you know, the stomping, oh yeah, kind of yeah the yeah. chest kind of thing. Or like Steph Curry's night night. Steph Curry's night night is elite, man. Yeah, that's that's soccer celebrations are, are are the best, man. Uh, it's it's one of the things that you enjoy watching most about the beautiful game. Yeah, I like the guy from uh, Saudi Arabia who scored, and then didn't he do like four oh, car yeah. wheels? Yeah. <laughs> <No>, which <laughs> was true, bro. Which on, was man. more impressive? You just, just be Leo Messi, man. No, I, I which was more impressive too, than man. the goal? Yeah, that goal was nice. That though. goal was nasty. Yeah, I test nasty. No, I test was nasty on that one, man. <laughs> that was okay. like a no look kick. He like turned. Uh, anyways, no, I, I don't know how to no, talk about no, soccer. Uh, let's stick to topics I know, as in Utah Watanabe. Yes. And ramen. So Utah came out. Uh, didn't play yesterday. You know, obviously, yeah, right, hamstring, right hamstring. Yeah. And you know, we were hanging out pre-game, courtside, doing our thing. You know what? We weren't just hanging out. Okay. Yesterday, so after we, you know, the, the game was over. Mm. Um, you know, we we went directly to the arena and we got there super early, like three and a half hours early. And you said. We're going to camp out here, and we're going to get you that number. Right? Utah's <laughs> going to be here today, and we're going to get you that number. Yeah. So you made this point. We're like, okay, cool. Yeah, so so we, I was, we were I was, there to, to, to sit and watch warm-ups. Like, we were there so early, we saw David Duke Jr. warm-up. Yeah. Right? I, I was um I was eyeing the tunnel like a hawk to see when Utah would come out. Yes. And then eventually, he did come out. He did. We and the gr- first thing he did was he came over to us. Yeah. And he said hi, you know, and, and we had this interaction. But so go ahead. Yeah, we are we are his Doug Smith and Michael Grange. Yeah, he came over. Oh right, Demar. This DeMar, is like DeMar. you know he'll come catch up with us. Right, right. You know, gave us quick dab. You know, our our producer Jr. Manitad was there as well. Yes. So he the, was the secret third Asian. Yeah. In the show, so yes. the third Asian. Yeah. So Utah was like, damn, you guys spawned another one. 
<laughs> so he dapped him as well. And then, you know, we just had a brief chat with him. You congratulated yeah. him on, on the Team Japan win yeah. early in the day in the of World course. Cup. I said that was the first thing I said to him was congratulations. And then two one over Germany. Yeah, we yeah, just that's, ex- big, that's we, a big result. We just exchanged some some pleasantries. And then I said, You guys gotta you guys gotta still go for ramen. Yeah. And at this point, Utah said, Yeah, I went to Ramen Ishin today for lunch. <laughs> and then he laughed and walked away to go warm up. Yeah, that was tough. I thought you were gonna ask. So I guess we messed no, it up you, again. No, you made the plan. You know what? You said specifically this is never we gonna... were gonna camp out and you were gonna get that number because you're you, no. you said on the show yesterday. Yes, my plan you were was clearly my plan need to was, step in. My plan was to to talk to Ness PR and actually get him pull you to out of the locker room and then in that scenario <laughs> I was room, I was like, you know, no workouts on his injury. We need to talk to him. And I was going to do it, but I thought because you were there uh-huh, in uh-huh. this scenario that you were going to ask. No, but, like, clearly, we messed up again. I messed clearly, up again. I'm not, it's I'm, over, I'm, man. I'm not, I'm not cut out for this, man. No, it's over. We're, neither of us are we cut out for this. Out at, uh, we should have camped <laughs> out at Ramon I told you he was going to you know be what, there. You know what it is, man? I think we got we just got too much respect for Utah to be, like, crowding him like this. Really? Because yeah. that's what we did yesterday. <laughs> no, but then, actually, the other thing that you also told him, you're like, yeah, we still talk about you all the time. <laughs> He's like, yeah. He's like, okay. He's like, that's cool. <laughs> I'm gonna go shoot some threes now. So, hey, by the way, he was making a lot of shots, man. Mm. Yeah, well, shot I mean, looks just shot genuinely looks better. Um, the, the eye test was was, yeah. was nasty. No, I, I I test was nasty, and yeah, I mean Nick 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 had high praises for Utah before the game as well. Yeah, so there was a lot him. of Utah talk. Like this is not just us. Like obviously because we have this like you know um, one way well, personal relationship. The Nets but. need one good storyline. That, and, that's to, just, and this is it. Well, I think, honestly, Jacques Vaughn, kind of a good storyline. I'm kind of rooting for him. He seemed like a nice guy. I like Jacques a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's a great quote as well. Yeah. Who else, man? Oh, yeah. Shouts shout to our guy, JR. So, so JR Manitad, like we said. Um, no, he comes through fitted to, to the office and to the games as well. Consistently. So he clean. helps you, just, just context for, for people, like he helps you with the React pod, like he's, behind the scenes. Yeah, he, he's, he's Derek, but for the React pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So helps yeah. you with all the technical stuff. And he's like becoming a Willu Jr. <laughs> okay, please <laughs> like, describe what that means. It just—I mean, yesterday he was just like, "Yeah, man, like I got—I got this top as Zara." He's like, "Yeah." He's We're like, actually dressed quite not yeah. the same. In he's terms like, of, like Zara's colors, my wave, H and M's my wave. A uh, boxy, uh, yeah, you know, dress shirt, on yeah. The top. So and and he's got yeah I don't know man like it's just interesting seeing the dynamic. Well, it's it's also it's always funny because we're in the booth nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah you know I'll complain about a call then 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 Jr will pile on the ref. It's it's nice. It's nice. We got a two man game going. You know like no, I'm, I'm that young. No, you're like, and Chris, he, no you're literally the older Spider Man training the young Spider Man. Man, yeah, it's I mean, it's kind of wild to see. Anyway, shouts to just the next level. Uh, shouts, shouts to Rovan Yao too. Ran into Rovan. Oh, that's right. You know, yeah, for, shouts formerly to... with the PR team. That's right. And now I know he's in a different role at MLSE. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he was like, "Man, I got a cool opportunity for you guys." I was like, "Oh shoot, this is gonna be sick." Um, gonna it was get sick. To, gonna get way. to sing the national anthem or something. Oh, you know what? I actually um, wouldn't mind. No, but but he was telling us because um because the Korean hot dog place Chung Chung is yes. is a uh, in arena mm-hmm. this season. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to be able to go check out the food uh, sometime in December. Because you know I don't we think should, they've we opened it. into like a review or something. You know? Oh, but this is, no, but this is the whole thing. We're yeah. going to try the food and then we're going to bring it on air and okay. just rank all the hot all dogs. Right. We're going to just eat, I love gl- how, we're gonna eat glizzies on air. I, love how I, don't, you just, I don't know about I love that. how you just told Robin, you're like, yeah, you, you know this guy's known for eating hot dogs. Well, you know, Robin was like, yes, I do, actually. I've seen him in the media room for six years now and... Uh, He's a, he's a, he's consumed quite a few dogs in this time. The things the things I'm known for, man. 
Um, I think Glissies is one of them, man. Speaking of, speaking of the, uh, of the meter room, shout out to a friend of the program, Lindsay Dunn. Which, which we got to bring in studio soon. Yes, well, we actually pressed Lindsay. Yes. Um, we're going to make this We're gonna make this happen. Yeah. But the influence is like, I think he posted a photo a couple weeks ago and I was eating Manchu Walk uh, on social media. And she saw it and she says she went to Dixie Outlet Mall and got Manchu Walk. <laughs> which is which wild. Is like, I'm sorry, man. No, no, I'm that's sorry, a, Sometimes, sometimes I don't realize the influence. We got to go out for a meal together because that's not, <laughs> so, that's not, that's not a behavior that you, you shouldn't drive from Toronto to, 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 to Dixie Outlet Mall. Maybe she lives closer. You don't know. Maybe she's doing something there because Lindsay's always running around different events. Anyways. Manchu Walk is not something you drive to. Manchu Walk is something that happens to be around you and you're like, man, maybe I'll do this again. If you're influenced today by this convo and get Manchu Walk, please tag us. Uh, also, if you work for Manchu Walk, we are open to a sponsorship. You know, Manchu Walk is. You know, you know, they're an official NBA sponsor. Uh, an NBA sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Every time I go, there's like a lot of NBA branding at the place. Yeah, there's like some kind of partnership with huh. the league. Yeah, okay. We need to look huh. into that. It's a whole new game. I, that's 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 a game yeah. I wasn't familiar with. It's a whole I'm new sorry, game. I wasn't familiar with your game, <laughs> Mister Walk. Chris Chris Boucher's podcast Hustle Play. Yes. Has returned. Finally. And his first guest of this season, Christian Coloco. Mm. So we remember Christian Coloco got into a scuffle. Actually, he did not get into a scuffle. Kayla Martin initiated a scuffle. He was literally pulled into a scuffle. But (laughs) again, like, you know, it happens, you know? Yeah, he was was, uh, pulled into a scuffle by by Kayla Martin. It was fined earlier in the season. And uh, Christian Coloco did tell you that, you know, Masai came into the locker room after at that game and was like... And yeah. talking to him about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Masai was fined uh, yeah, that game, yeah. too, for, for talking to the officials. Oh, it was more than talk. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was talk, but it was, it was but Chris, Chris, talk. But Chris revealed on, on the podcast that he paid for Christian Coloco's fine. Yeah, which is uh, very generous, I would say. Um, because, you know, uh, look, no matter how much money you make, 20K is 20K. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, that's uh, that's not that's not light for anybody. And uh, no, this is uh, but that's cool to take care of him, right? Because as he kind of explained, um, you know, Chris was saying like, "Yo, don't let anyone do that to you. Don't let anyone punk you." Right? Mm-hmm. The game before that against Brooklyn, Nick Claxton kind of punked Christian Coloco because kind of had he had dunked or something, and he had his legs all up on his like shoulders and whatever. Right? It's one of those plays where you just make an emphatic play and you sort of show the other guy up. Chris is like, "Yo, don't let anybody do that to you." And the next play, you know, the Caleb Martin of his era, Caleb Martin. <laughs> Try to show him up, and you know what? I like that he stuffed to him a little bit. So yeah, show us yeah. to Chris, man. So, Chris had to pay though, because it was it was Chris's uh, direction. Show us to Chris being being a vet on the team. You know what? Actually, we should do vet rankings on the team. What you guys on the team really know what they're doing out there, and and have like a good sense of like um, what they're you know should just should be doing. Because I think that's really mm. most of adulthood is just like coming to realize what you should be doing and trying to learn how to take care of your responsibilities. Oh, okay. And I would say Thad is number one in the vet rankings. Like no one, vet is, that is a 10 out of 10 vet, okay? Oh, I don't think it's even close. Yeah. So, like there's some variation of Otto, Fred, and Pascal mm. are also like they know what they're doing as vets. Yeah. Um, I would say OG is learning to get there. And then, and then Chris is also learning to get there. No, I think I think, yeah. I think Chris is um, over the next couple of years. Oh, he gets it. he gets his into, role. Into that's, very... that's all I'm trying to say. Which which players on the team really understand their role? Yeah, and I think those are the guys that you you you. If you're a coach, Nick, you I think you really consistently trust those guys. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of Chris, so he was one of three players that Toronto Life recently interviewed. Um, uh, Matthew Silver put out this piece where he talked to the three Canadians on the team. That's right. Delano, Ken Birch, and Chris. And ask them a lot of fun questions. 
And this was a really fun article to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you were reading it before, too. Um, let's start with Chris, actually. Okay, yeah. So Chris revealed his favorite basketball movie, Hustle. Again, great supportive Yo, teammate. That's That's wild. a really supportive teammate. You know what, Wancho? Also one of those guys on the vet list. Wancho, yeah. Wancho knows his role. He comes in, bro, he had three steals last night. I, I honestly feel like he's been producing see, well. I've never really complained about Wancho's role and, and what he's contributed, especially since the injuries. Like, I think he's actually been performing quite yeah, well. Yeah, see, but. the vet stuff, I get the on-the-court stuff, but for the vet rankings, I want to hear, like, off-the-court stuff. Right, right. Like, like I want to hear care Chris, of rookies uh, yeah, I want, like and yeah, I want to yeah. hear, like, Thad Young last year just telling Scotty that he was special mm. all the time, like that type of stuff. But favorite basketball movie, Hustle. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you these questions as well. What is your favorite basketball movie, Will? Favorite basketball movie, uh, Coach Carter, which is the same oh, answer yeah, yeah. as uh, Delano Banton. As Delano. But you know what? It is? You know why this is? Actually, I was thinking about it. It's because if you went to a school in the, the TDSB, mm-hmm. right? If, you're, if you went to a TDSB school, you know this exact experience where if your teacher is absent for gym, mm-hmm. your go-to move is to then sit in and watch Coach Carter. Oh, or play, okay. or just play basketball for for an hour, right? Those are the only two options, uh, right? But everyone has seen Coach Carter because of everyone's had a, ex, a substitute teacher come in for gym. Just like if you were ever in band or strings and your band or strings teacher is out for that day, they always come in and put on drumline for you. Mm. So I think this is just part of the TDSP curriculum. Okay. Yeah, Coach Carter. But a great, great movie, though. I don't um, think I've ever watched Coach Carter, by the way. You know, honestly, one of Samuel L. Jackson's best roles, man. Oh, okay. Shouts to my goat. That's You know what, honestly? That's someone you've that's, that's someone you've actually talked to recently. No, and I've been trying to tell friend of the program, Elaine Kwan, that like Samuel Jackson's like you know an A list goat. Yeah, I mean, um, people should respect that's, that. That's a very clear statement, and yes, absolutely. Anyways, okay, yeah, okay. Chris Boucher, what else? Let's see. Fondest basketball memory. Uh, this is probably the same as yours. Uh, championship parade. I mean, I mean, come in on. In 2019. Come on, man. I'm interested to hear your answer on this one. Greatest sneaker of all time. He said he said his is Jordan 4s, all white, and when he didn't have money, that's all he wanted. What's your favorite sneaker? The the Paul George's that Nikola Vucevic was wearing that you pointed out to me? You had the same pair that you got from Duffer Mall. Color wave. <laughs> uh, He's like, yo, those are my shoes. I'm like, that's, a, that's not how this works. I don't really know. The only time I actually okay. care about like the construct of the of the shoe is when it comes or relates to like sporting performance, and which is usually oh, just okay. like cleats. So like, very I, I, technical. I like, I like the Adidas Predators. They're, they're okay, nice. you're very the technical about nice. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Uh, no shoes. <laughs> Will, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, Will I'm stammering, man. Will will randomly just out of nowhere in the office be like, "Yo, where do you get your shoes?" <laughs> no, but you have nice shoes. What are your? What are your? What's your? What's your sneaker goat? Um, I don't know. That's tough, actually. Let's uh, let's uh, put a pin on that. Why? Um, because I know I <laughs> just not a single that? shoe comes to mind for me right really, now. Really? Eh? What about yeah. your what about your Gundam wing? Uh, <laughs> like the ones I'm wearing right now. Oh, wow. yeah. Okay, that's the huge. Air Max ninety eight Gundams. Nice. Uh, okay, recent splurges for Chris Boucher. We know that he got a new three year contract yes. in the off season. He said he bought a three million dollar home near Yorkdale Mall with a theater, game room, and a sauna. What are your recent splurges? I guess it would be the scooter. Recent splurges. Um, yeah, the scooter. We got the Pokemon double pack, Scarlet and Violet. Although one of them gave it to my brother, so it's not really a splurge. Yeah. What else? Uh, poker was a splurge, mostly because I lost money. Yeah. Um, You're a simple man. You know, take care of your needs. The BOGOs at the arena. 
No, just kidding. You'll consider, Chris was asked, you'll consider your NBA career a success if, and he said it's already a success. I was homeless in Montreal for two years. That's I'm a bar, not even man. supposed to be in this league. It's already a success. Listen, you know, I, he's absolutely right. Yes, he's kidding? absolutely right. Yeah. We, we've talked about this over and over again, you know, talking about the backstories of a lot of these Raptors players, but sometimes you do got to just take a step back again and realize, like, you know, yeah, like just the journey and the story for no, Chris. No, but I it's think Chris's, Chris's story in particular is 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 so unique. And mm. yeah, I mean, like you just, you, you, I mean, look, I, I have friends who have stories of like playing basketball with Chris before he even made, made it to the league mm. or in a very informal setting, and just just knowing like how local his story was, uh, and then making it to the level, and then obviously even within his NBA career, like the, the growth and progression in this game, it's it's actually like there's a there's a lot of things that you can appreciate about each person's story but i think his story is just unique because it, it is so much different than everyone else's for sure and, and asked, i'm not just saying this because we have an upcoming live show together oh yeah yes by the way you can see it no cap right now I'm showing you on the screen there's five tickets left all right five five tickets, tickets i'm left. literally looking at it right now there's Will, five tickets willu.eventbrite so although it's only it's not like three weeks we have we have time to, 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 <laughs> to sell five, five tickets, tickets. I'll, I'll buy that myself man no don't do that it's a poor decision no but like we mentioned, uh, you know, donating the net proceeds to, to Chris's foundation. Absolutely. Uh, Slim Duck Foundation. And if you want to make a donation directly to, to that, there's also the Slim Duck Foundation website you can yes. check out. Because yeah. he said when I retired from basketball, he said he wants to become a basketball ambassador for kids in Montreal. Mm -hmm. And I think he's already starting to do that, um, you know, with, with the foundation. And he also just wants to go and live in Turks and Caicos. Damn, that sounds yeah. great. Um, by the way, I was going to ask you, in terms of generational wealth, do you also have a theater, game room, and sauna in, in, in your $3 million house? Uh, no. Do you have one of those three? Um, I guess I have them as, like, amenities where I live. Oh, in your condo? <laughs> that's yeah. That's different, man. Yeah. No, that's, definitely that's, no. that's different, man. What do you think, man? You think I live like an NBA player? I mean, I thought your parents did. Oh, my God, man. No, my parents are frugal, man. I've never told you. They don't have a games room, though? Yo, my parents are so frugal, man. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, every time I buy sneakers, I tell them I got them for free. Um, so you, this guy, you got a whole bedroom in the house for sleep. Oh God! So, uh, <laughs> what motivates you? Chris was asked, "What motivates you to work out every day?" And he said, "A paycheck." That's facts. Respect. Again, that, tell the truth. You Respect know what I mean? That. Like, Respect that's that. that's what motivates you to come on the show three times a week and turn on the mic. Yeah, just have good credit in my bank, man. That's all. That's the only credit that matters. Wow. Um, favorite local food spot: Akira Back. Yeah, I've so never they have there. wagyu tacos and fried rice. I'm gonna look it up right now. Yeah, this is a, this is. So it's a Japanese restaurant. Yeah, it's uh, at the Bisha Hotel. Okay. On four eighty Blue Jays Way. Four point four. Okay. Uh, according to Google. Mm. Um. You know what? You want to go sometime? Uh. No, nah, we can't afford this. This is three dollar signs, man. How can you not afford this? Three dollar signs? <laughs> what about your tie dollar sign? No, I'm tie one dollar sign. I want two dollar signs. I mean, three dollar signs too much. Be a special occasion, man. Come on. Whoa, my God. All right, man. Let's <laughs> <What>? take. <laughs> let's take this to it's the banter bot sometime. Man. It's just food. Actually, we did a whole segment it's on the banter bot this summer about like your price points for things. Yeah, one or two dollar uh, signs. That's fine. Yeah, Delano Banton, like you mentioned, Coach Carter. It's his favorite movie. Travel Essential PlayStation 5. Right. Oh, he plays 2K with Scotty Barnes. Oh, Scotty plays a lot of 2K. Okay. Yeah. Recent splurges for Delano. He says, I've been saving. I didn't know if my contract was going to be renewed at the start no, of the that's season. that's also... The, see, see again, I respect that. I get... Honestly, knowing that Delano grew up like 10 kilometers from me is uh, it's just... I don't know. It hits different, man. It just yeah. hits different. And he says when he retires from basketball, he's going to get into investing 
Like my teammate Thad Young, who has his own portfolio. Again, That's Thad true. Young coming through with That's the career adult, tips man. for you people. You don't understand how much, like, uh, again, this professional athletes have a lot of things, like, taken care of for them. They have a whole team of support and everything. Like, And, and you know, it, it's, if we're going to be honest about it, it's, it's like a coddled existence. Mm. So for someone to be like that, who just takes care of his business and also is actually just like a respectable dude and, you know, has all these other ventures and all this other stuff, it, it is exceptional because you kind of have to go above and beyond to, to even get to that point because so much is sort of laid before your feet. So, yeah, that's the that. Ken Birch, favorite basketball movie. He got game. Okay. Uh, best thing okay. about playing for Toronto, being Canadian, I get nostalgic for things like the leaves changing. You know what? Who doesn't like the leaves changing, man? Have you ever walked through High Park in, you know, in, in like October or November? It's nice. Yeah, or even when I'm on the, is it the DVP? Yeah, and you can see Why some trees on the, the way up to, oh, to see go parents. see my parents. Oh, yeah, fair, fair, enough, fair enough. And to Hot Pot later tonight. Oh, that's right. You and I are going to go and uh, yeah. probably create some banter pot content. With friends of the program, Mark Savell, Elaine Kwan. That's a $3 sign crew right there. Oh, man. This is, a dame, this is like the four Dame Dashes of the city, man. Um, had to tell Lee Van Osman. <laughs> Didn't make the cut. I was like, I'll take, I'll take you. No, no. no, I was like, I'll no, take you. In all fairness, Lee Van could have probably only eaten like three things. He, that's what he said, yeah. too. But I'm like, I'll take, we'll go next time to somewhere where you can actually eat. There is Halal Hot Pot. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Well, as you know, there's many Muslims in China. Yeah. So, of course, there's halal pop-up. Anyways, getting this commitment on air, we're going to do Twitter questions tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> did you just catch me by surprise with this one? Well, you know what? I, I do like the Twitter questions because I think it allows us, obviously, to interact with fans. But also just, yeah. like, we're able to shuffle through a lot more topics, right? I mean, obviously, yeah. we can come on and talk about all the things that we want to talk about all the time. Yes. But, you know, I think people want to hear, I guess, more specific feedback on certain things. And so, they'll get the chance to do that. And, uh... I guess what are we gonna can we, can we commit to doing the remainder of those on a on a banter pod or no? Yeah, we can definitely take it to to a banter pod. I can save save okay. the other questions. So we will get to like I mean realistically probably like ten, yeah. ten out of a hundred on on air. But I think the rest of those we can get to at a later date. Yeah, let's do that. Happy oh. Thursday, everybody! All right, so I, you've committed me to clear questions. I've committed you to the banter pod. All right, we're gonna go. That does it for the show today. You've been listening to the Raptor Show on the Sports Media Network. Uh, thanks again to producer and co-host Alex Wong. Thanks to our board producer, Derek Brandeo, and Frank Baraska for helping us with the YouTube stream. We'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. Peace.